Good morning. morning. Grace and peace to you. I know I shared this before, but by the way, Jim, I don't think I've ever heard that first song you led. That was a good song. Thank you. We anticipate more new songs from the new books. And again, thanks everyone who had a part. Mike A. right there, I'm pointing at him. He didn't mention himself. He's a humble man, but and how much time he spent making copies of the new supplement. So thank you, Mike. That number 12, we brought that home from Ukraine. Remember one of my first trips. I don't think it was the first trip. I'm not sure. No, it wasn't. But anyway, sitting in the back of the assembly, and this song was led. Of course, we sing in English, and they sing in Russian. People there with probably only one change of clothes, struggling in life, not much to, uh, to eat, some of them. And they're singing there with their hearts. Lo, our cups are overrun. I'll never forget that. And just uh, challenged me in my walk with Christ um, in so many ways. Anyway. I'm going to talk about Jesus. As we said, this is Jesus Month for our lessons. We want to talk about Jesus, the Master Teacher, today. Time and again, people were amazed at Jesus' teaching. In John 7:45, they some of the uh, temple leaders had sent the temple police to arrest him. And they came back without him. And we read these words, the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees and said to them, and they said to them, why did you not bring him? And the officers answered, never has a man spoken the way this man speaks. Well, it says volumes. And that's what we want to talk about in this lesson. What made Jesus speak the way he did? Why was he the master teacher? We want to keep our own lives in view as we consider our own selves as teachers. Because the goal of all of our walk, and Rick prayed about our walk, going to Luke 6 now, is that we become like the Lord, right? we serve him. Luke 6, 39, he also spoke a parable to them, a blind man cannot guide a blind man, can he? Will they not both fall into a pit? A pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. 
We're all in training to become like Jesus. I think one of the greatest misconceptions in the church is that only certain people are to be teachers. Only some teach formally, publicly in the congregation. And we know that's the case, and that's even guidelines and taught in Scripture. But every Christian is to be a teacher in some way, in some place, to someone. Everyone has opportunity with family, co-workers, neighbors, business associates, whatever you want to say. It's just part of being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. It should be. It should be an absolute joy for us to share the gospel with somebody. Amen? And it's, why are we so afraid to do that? I haven't figured that out yet. Satan really has a hold on us. We live in fear. Jesus walked about proclaiming. It's one of the first words out of his mouth. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we want to talk about that day. We want to look at him, yes, and what made him the teacher that he was. But then as we look at him, we want to look at ourselves and say, what do I need to do? How can I improve? How can I learn to teach like him? If we just look at the New Testament, look at Jesus' ministry, look at the early church, look at the letters, teaching is a central part of the ministry of the church, isn't it? It's absolutely vital. If nobody learns anything new, nobody grows. If a lost person never hears the gospel, they never get saved. Teaching is just so central everything we do and so again the need to look at Jesus the master teacher go to Matthew 7 how was Jesus teaching masterful like no other again and again in scripture we read these reactions we just read the one I want to read this one here as he finished the sermon on the mount of Matthew 7 when Jesus had finished these words the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. I don't know exactly how the scribes taught. I've read some on that in commentaries. They always referred to somebody else, okay? Rabbi this said this, Rabbi this said that. It was almost like they didn't have a thought themselves, okay? But Jesus was different. Because he, of course, was the word of God in the flesh, right? He knew the truth. So I think this means several things. As they were amazed at his teaching, you know, what, 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 was, what was that about? I think, first of all, as, again, just reflecting on his teaching in Scripture, he spoke with certainty, didn't he? He said, this is the way it is. He didn't equivocate. He spoke plainly. He was not ambiguous. He didn't waste his time with empty words. 
He said, this, this is it. I think sometimes we have a problem because we don't speak that way because we're unsure, I think, sometimes of what we want to say and what we believe. And I think that, as we read in Scripture, we will do and we will speak what we believe. I think that's a given. That's a given part of humanity. We will speak and we will do what we really believe. So maybe we really don't believe what we say we believe. I think Jesus believed, he knew, he understood the truth, and he proclaimed he was certain about it. He said, this is the way it is. Secondly, he spoke with boldness. He was not ten timid, all right? He was not anxious. He just spoke. I don't think he yelled. I don't think he screamed. I think he was bold. He was firm. He said, this is the way it is. He spoke with certainty. He spoke with boldness. You know, in various situations. And even standing before Pilate. Don mentioned in the Bible class. He says, I've come to testify to the truth. He says, Pilate, you wouldn't have any authority over me unless it was given to you from above. He wasn't intimidated by Pilate, even though he was there and in his, uh, in his power, so to speak. He'd already been chastised. He says, you've got no power over me unless God gave it to you. Wow. That's a man who knows what he knows. He's strong in, in his beliefs. And he spoke like one who knew what he was talking about. He was thoroughly knowledgeable in the word, in the truth. I think maybe that's where sometimes we fall down as well. We know a couple of things. We can run to a few verses of scripture. You know, Acts 2.38, some others. But beyond that, guess what? We don't know anything. We really slip and fall. I think, generally speaking, the brotherhood used to know the Bible a lot better than we do today. I don't know why that is. Nothing's changed as far as the commandment to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To be able to teach others what's in the book. To tell others the good news. To correct our children, to teach them in the ways of God. It's all there. We need to understand what that word is. And then fourthly, I think he spoke like someone who lived what he spoke. I think that's a big thing. If you've experienced, when he talks about sacrificing, when he talks about loving, when he talks about forgiving, and you've never loved, you've never really loved someone. You might speak some words about love, but guess what? You really can't speak from the heart, can you? You can't speak from experience. You can't say, I know what that's like. I know what a struggle it is sometimes to really love somebody when they hurt you and they do things and say things that you don't like. Jesus lived what he spoke. So there's a lot there for us to learn 
about being a teacher there, about the words that we speak. Too many of us, we're, we're just unsure and apprehensive when we teach, and I think that's why we don't open our mouth. We're afraid. We need to be bold and certain about our message. We, we need to understand it is the absolute truth of God, and this is what the world needs to hear. And speak it with boldness. Second thought. John 8.40. Let's go there. What did Jesus teach? Well, this is not going to be a surprise to you. He taught the word of God, didn't he? Here in his discussion with the Jews, and this whole chapter 8 is really good to read if you want to learn some more about his teaching. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. And then down in 45, it, because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak truth, why do you not believe me? We would expect the Son of God to teach us the truth, and he did. He taught us, as we would say, as we say, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's what he taught. He got it from God, as it says there, and now we have it in a book, don't we? The inspired word of God. It's there for us to learn, to read, to study put into our hearts and souls to live and to teach to others. That's what it's for. It's not to be put on a shelf and admired. It's to have very tattered pages, highlights and underlines, notes in the margins, wherever you do it. But you are learning this word of God, this word which really is your savior on a page, isn't it? The word of God who became flesh. He spoke the truth that humanity, lost humanity, needs to bring it back to God for reconciliation in life, salvation, rescue from the wrath of God. A truth that Satan's lives, lies cannot give. Satan's lies cannot give salvation. I don't care how much psychology you read, how much sociology you read how much you read about uh, conflict resolution might be good, but it's not going to save you. can't. Only the truth of God, the gospel, has the power to save people. That's what we need to teach. That's what we need to stand firm in. He taught many different things, facts, the basics, the who, the what, the when, the why, the where. He taught those things. We need to know those things. He taught commandments. These are the things you need to do to be pleasing to God. These are the things you don't want to do and get involved in. He taught us how to become disciples. He was making disciples. That's what he did. That's what we're to do, right? to Matthew, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe whatever I have commanded you. That's what we're supposed to do, and we start with ourselves first. 
my disciple. He corrected people in their misunderstandings. He admonished people and warned people that they needed to change. And he gave encouragement to the downhearted. This is all a part of teaching. It's all a part of teaching. When we teach, we need to use all these things, depending on the situation and the person, to be like our master. We need to know how to do it. What did Jesus, or when did Jesus teach? I'm sorry. Luke 5 and then John 3. I just want to read these. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people. Right there in a boat on a lake. John 3, 1 and 2. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you have come, you, uh, have come from God as teacher, for no one can do these signs you do unless God is with him. I want you to notice, you know, Jesus goes on there and talks with Nicodemus and answers some questions and gives that famous John 3, 16 which is one other one we can run to. God so loved the world. I don't know what was going on in Jesus' life that evening, how late it was. But I want you to notice what Jesus did not do. He did not say, I want you to come down to the temple tomorrow morning and hear me teach. I want you to come on the Sabbath day and listen to my lesson. He did not do that. Nicodemus was ready right then. He had questions right then. And Jesus knew that, and as a master teacher, he took advantage of that. His heart and his mind was open. How many people have we put off and said, come to the assembly and hear the preacher? When God had someone standing in front of you with an open heart, ready to listen I've done it we don't want to do that we want to be ready when that person is ready that's when the door is open and we need to be ready to walk through that door with the word of God Jesus taught any time someone would listen read the gospel he was in the temple, yes, here and there. But he wasn't in the temple a lot when he was teaching. As opportunities presented themselves, he took advantage of them. And we just want to remember that, to be ready. We're called to teach. We are. Yeah, not formally, but we're, we're supposed to be ready to, to share the word of God with people just like our, our master. Who did Jesus teach? I'm going to go to Matthew 5. These, these two fit together. Matthew 5, 1 and 2. When Jesus saw the crowds, 
He went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying. Jesus taught anybody who would listen. Here he taught the crowds. We've already seen there Nicodemus came to him. and He taught one person. He taught the woman at the well, one person. Anybody that was ready to listen, he taught them. He taught his own disciples. That was something he did daily, I think, in various different ways. He taught them. He taught the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. He taught the opposition, his enemies. They needed to hear. He didn't avoid them. He taught them. He taught the poor, the rich, the educated, and the uneducated. All classes of people. He taught Jews, Samaritans, and Gentiles. And if we look at that from today's standpoint, he taught all cultures and all religions. All those pagans he taught. Those Samaritans who had a mixed religion. He taught them. They needed to hear it. He taught tax collectors, soldiers, prostitutes, fishermen, all kinds of people. Anybody that would listen. He taught men and he taught women. He taught friends and he taught enemies. For Jesus, every person needed to hear the message. He did not single out any. All right? He did not pick and choose say, look, well, I think I'll go talk to that guy. He looks well-educated and nicely dressed. Wow. No, he didn't do that, did he? Anybody that wanted to listen, he was willing to teach. And that's the way we should be. Not to look at the outer appearance. Wow. Look, how, how, you know, sometimes we prejudge prejudice. Well, that person is so far gone that the gospel message will never reach them. Look what they're into. Look what they're dressed like. I don't want them in this church building. Oh, shame on us if that's our thought. Jesus would never do that. He ate with the publicans and the sinners. Wow. That's your Lord and Savior. He did that. He calls us to do the same. I have it underlined here in my lesson. Everybody needs to hear the word of God. Every last person on this planet needs to hear the word of God. It is not up to us to pick and choose who we want to teach. Last thought from John 7. Maybe you never thought about this. and as, You know, I never thought about this much. Before I started to put this lesson together, and again, I give the Lord the credit, why did Jesus teach? Why? It may be the most important question we ask. But motive is foundational to what we do. You know? We already talked about that. What we love 
what we believe, what we have a passion for, that's what we'll do, isn't it? You can't avoid it. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's the way God made us. That's the way God made us. We do the things we want to do that we like, we have a passion for. And I think this was Jesus. He had a passion for teaching because he loved people. John 7, 16. These two go together, these two last scriptures, where he says, So Jesus answered them and said, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. Jesus understood. Of course, he is God in the flesh, but still we have the father-son relationship here as he took on flesh. And he uses this regularly, especially in the Gospel of John. about his father, and he received the teaching from his father. He understood he had a message from God that had to be shared with the world. And he was not going to keep it to himself. God had given him that message. In another place it says his commandment is eternal life. God wants the human race to have eternal life. And Jesus was the, the bearer of the news. And of course in his body, the sacrifice, he brought it about. It was death and resurrection. But when you're sent from God, you do something, right? Amen? When you're sent from God, when you know that that is from God, that should move you to do something. It's not some kind of a human contrivance, a human philosophy. So he was sent from God. God doesn't send people to do meaningless tasks. Remember that. This is the most important thing we can do to tell someone else the word of God. Jesus understood that. And then John 6, 67, 68. Jesus has been teaching a lot here in this chapter, and some of his disciples said, this, this is hard to understand. Uh, we're leaving. We're not going to take the time to try to understand this, to learn what you're talking about. It's just too, too much. And so in 67 it says, so Jesus said to the 12, you do not want to go away also, do you? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. Jesus knew he had the words of eternal life. He wanted to share them. Jesus was sent by God with words of eternal life. And that's why he taught. He had a message from God. I remember some similar words in the scriptures where Jesus' disciples are told to go into all the world and preach the gospel gospel that brings eternal life? Is that not right? Are not his people sent by God with a message of eternal life? 
It's the same thing that Jesus said. My Father sent me. I have the words of eternal life. Not any different. So, as disciples, we need to get it. We're being sent by God with a message of eternal life that the world needs to hear. And I would guess right now, somebody in your life, family, neighbor, co-worker, needs to hear about eternal life. I know there's people in my life that do. And I'm guessing there's people in your life too. I'm just challenging you. Don't be afraid. Learn what to say. Be like your master. Step up. Open up your mouth. Open up the subject. Are you ready for Christ to come? Do you have life eternal? Do you know the Lord? However God moves you. This is what we do. It's the greatest message on earth. We learn to teach like our master. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we humble ourselves before you and acknowledge our weaknesses, our faults. Father, many times we fail you. We ask your continued mercy and patience. But fathers, we have studied about the Lord this morning, our master and your son. We pray that you would change our hearts, even right now, that we would be bold with the truth, have love for others, especially the lost, those who need correction and guidance. And Father, just help us to, to become teachers, teachers of your word, proclaimers of the gospel. And Father, just that we might be joyful in spreading this good news. Father, bless us in, in the name of Christ, and amen. Talked about life eternal this morning. If you don't have it, and maybe you understand about obeying the gospel this morning, we're ready to assist you. If you have some questions about it, I'm available, Mike's available, Don's available, Rick's available. I'd be glad to talk with you at any time about your obedience. If you are a Christian, and this morning you realize that you're falling short as a teacher, as one who shares the word of God, and you want us to pray with you about that, we are here to do that. If you want to come and respond, please come while we stand and sing.